Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is Sheffield Live. Woof, 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 woof. At The Squeak, we care about new music and the week's news. And all animals. Absolutely. Good afternoon. Welcome to The Squeak. My name's Luke Crofts. I'm James Hargreaves. And this is The Squeak. Oh, we've had a good week. How have your, how's your week been, James? It's been a nice, fun one. Much better than last week, after all my moaning. Uh, <laughs> I think I got all my moaning out of the way on Sunday's show last week. No more for this week? No, not really. It's not Valentine's Day or any e- anything equally stupid this week, is it? Mm, no. But there is some retail feedback to give. Oh, there is. But we'll Tesco. Come on, we'll come on to that later. <laughs> I can do it now. It's up to you. Oh, blooming Tesco! Uh, I, I'm in a good mood at the minute, so let, let's go on to that later. No, we'll, we'll 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 digress into the bad mood of sort of an hour in. We've got a special guest on uh, a bit later on, uh, James. Yes, Mr. Mark Richardson, who's from LP Record Store, is going to be in and is going to talk a bit about uh, Record Store Day and the gig he's putting on for that and well, there's a few lot, other things. There's a lot uh, a lot of revival or a lot of um, Resurfacing of vinyls, isn't they? Indeed, it's it's a big trend now. Uh, not just the old vinyl as well. Lots of new bands are starting to release vinyl, so it's uh, it's a big topic to talk about. Absolutely. Um, well, it's been quite a busy week in terms of the news. Have you been watching the snooker? No. Now, I I've not been watching it a lot lately. I, I play quite a bit of snooker, but uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan's back on the circuit. Yeah. Uh, it took took a bit of a layoff. He's been criticised this week. Uh, it's the Welsh Open. Uh, he's been criticised by World Snooker Chairman Barry Hearn because he uh, he actually turned down a one four seven. He was bang on for oh, a one four seven. I did read this. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, in the midst of the break, he asked um, he asked the referee to find out what the highest break prize was, and when he found out it was ten grand, he thought it was too cheap, so he took the pink and made a one four six. Yeah, but then. It's ten grand. Ten grand's ten grand. I wouldn't turn down ten grand right now. Yeah, well, that's what a lot of people are saying. But actually, um, the highest break prize rolls over from tournament to tournament. All right. So he's actually his reasoning is is pretty sound if you if you if you think about it. Because what he said was, if it it'd have been more, I'd have gone for it. But what it, what he said was, um, I feel like the one four seven should be worth more. So I didn't feel worthy. Of, of claiming ten grand off the back oh, of all so he's letting so it roll over essentially. Exactly, yeah. Oh, so right. he's saying when it when it gets a bit more, I'll go for it because um, I feel like it'll be worthy a worthy prize. Anyway, so he, he got a one four six, which was on for the highest break anyway. So he still would have got the ten grand. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> did, did you have to think for a second there? Yeah, I was just trying to think about <laughs> who's won it. Um, oh, sorry, no, I've got that wrong. It's two thousand two thousand for the highest break and ten thousand for a one four seven. But that oh, rolls over. Right. So he would have got the two grand because he made a one four six. But um, Ding Jun Wei made a one four seven, so he's missed out on the two grand as well. <laughs> and took so, the ten grand. And took the ten grand. So the, ne- the next tournament it won't roll over anyway. Um, oh, he's dear. made it to the final. Him and Neil Robertson are in the final today. That starts uh, oh now actually. So maybe you're watching the snooker and not listening. Yeah, which is so. which is more boring? Maybe watch the snooker and listen to us in the background. Yeah, it's better than the commentary. Yeah, well, they only talk every 30 minutes on that anyway. Where's the cue ball going? That's all John Virgo does. 
Where's the cue ball going? They've actually made T-shirts now. People turn up. With where's the cue ball going? <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. I tell you, I'm not a, the biggest fan of snooker. I'm, I'm terrible at playing it. But um, have you seen the BBC drama that's on iPlayer, the Rack Pack? Oh no, but it looks really good. It's got Kevin Bishop in it, hasn't it? Yes, Kevin Bishop being Kevin Bishop. Uh, it's just li- literally channeling some weird Cockney guy. But uh, it is. Really good as far as dramas go. Even if you're not in snooker, it's it's well worth watching. I enjoyed well, it's, that. It's set during the snooker's heyday in the eighties, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's it's when snooker was a bit of a laughing stock, and it it essentially starts out when snooker was being played in like provincial halls to like fifty people, and then obviously Barry Hearn and uh, Steve Davis and and that crowd kind of made built its popularity up. To where it was, kind of uh, in the Crucible, well, 2000s. Was, yeah, it was. Well, well, as soon as it got to the Crucible in sort of 1977, from then on, it was massive. Yeah, it was like drama. I think something like 18 million people watched the 1985 World Championship, which, which ended up being a black ball decider. It's uh, it's essentially it focuses on the conflict between uh, Steve Davis being the robotic kind of uh, boring, uh, bo- boring, yeah, boring machine player, yeah. and. Um, oh, People like Jimmy White, Doug Mountjoy. Yeah, I forgot uh, who's who was it. It's not Kirk Stevens. Not not the guy. The guy that used to knock about with Jimmy White. Um, the Irish guy who was drunk all the time. Can't, can't Alex Higgins. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, Alex Higgins. I think it is yeah. Alex Higgins. <laughs> the Hurricane. Yeah. That's it. It's, yeah. it's the Hurricane. Yeah, it's it's the conflict between their different styles. That's that's what plays out in the whole program. Uh, so yeah, if you don't like snooker, it's good just to see well, that. I, I keep meaning to watch it. I thought it was like a television film, or is it like a drama? Is it like a series? It's, it's, no, it's like a film. It's 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 probably an hour and a half. So oh yeah, made for TV. But for watching that, yeah, that'd be really good. I mean, it, 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 there were a lot of characters in snooker back in in them days. Um, yeah, you know, it's when you could still drink beer and smoke in the in the in the uh, theater. You know, the yeah, auditoriums and, and everything, and people were drunk a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, I think the big Canadian, uh, Bill Werbeneck, he was drunk all the time. Yeah. Um, Dennis Saylor said, "I've never seen anybody have twelve pints and still play so well." So back back in the day, it was massive. There's, there's one cracking scene. Well, there's two cracking scenes in it. One of them is a whole kind of three minute shot that's unbroken of um, of Iggins playing uh, playing lots of balls on the table, however you play it, playing a frame uh, and potting lots of balls. Uh, but the camera just sweeps around the table constantly for three minutes as he's playing, and it's it's a brilliant shot. And then the uh, the second one is Iggins wins the uh, the world championship, and then um, goes on tour in Ireland. And they've got this tour bus. They've got the trophy on the tour bus, and for some reason they're on tour with UB40. Oh no, I don't like them. <laughs> and, and they're uh, they're outside. They come outside after doing uh, being turning up late for one of their uh, exhibition matches. It's Higgins and Jimmy White, yeah, and UB Forty for some reason. Uh, and they come outside, and the tour bus has gone. And Higgins is like, "They've nicked the tour bus. They've nicked my trophy." And then uh, Jimmy White says, "They've nicked UB Forty." So yeah, it's well worth watching. Yeah, I'm going to watch it just for that now and see if it's exactly how you described it. <laughs> you don't need to watch don't it. Don't need though. to watch it. You've, you've, you know the best two scenes in it. Absolutely. Um, well, moving back onto uh, sort of digressive a little bit there, as we always do. Um, moving back onto music, there's been a very exciting announcement by our very good friend, Mr. Carl Maloney of Carl Maloney fame. Um, Carl Maloney presence. 
It's yeah. not it's not presents, it's presents because every yeah. time you see him he will give you a present. In in its <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He said to me uh, he said to me at Danny Pianic's gig, he went, Nobody's nobody's come and claimed the free the free pint, you know, tonight. I went, That's because there's nobody here, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. No, it was it was an awesome night and uh, there was a lot of people there actually, it was very good. But um uh, Carl Maloney's is uh, tweeted earlier on in the week. He's proud to be presenting Mm-hmm. A real present. Uh, no hot ashes. Yes. Um, goose. Uh, goose. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Uh, Manchester Manchester band. And they will be playing on the 9th of April at the Washington, which is the week after the big gig, yes. I'm calling it, at yep. the Lead Mill. Um, so that's going to be two weeks of absolutely f- fantastic music. So get yourself down to the Washington. Yep. Um, I mean, keep keeping out on Carl Maloney's uh, Maloney Presents page on, on Twitter and Facebook, and I'll let you know as and when. It gets a bit nearer the time, but yeah, that's really exciting news. But that's a word out for all the bands that are potentially listening right now or listening to the podcast because Carl heard Noah Ashes from this very show. Absolutely, and yeah. Ended up booking them. So you if did. you have any music that you want us to play, bands, get in touch on the Twitter or the Facebook. It's at The Squeak. And am I right in saying that um, soon after they were played on The Squeak, they were signed? Uh, I think they, they um, certainly releasing something, yeah. Uh, I can't can't remember who or what they're signed to. I know the the worker with Mr. Peeps over in Manchester, who's, uh, again, if you're into music podcasts, then uh, listen to Mr. Peeps on uh, iTunes and stuff. There you go. But yeah, get in touch, send us your music. We would love to play it. We would and we will. Um, Talking of music, who is the first artist of the day? Our first artist of the day is a former Catfish and the Bottlemen lead guitarist, uh, old Billy Bibby. Bit Bit of a legend. Here he is.
Hi, my name's Billy Bragg, and you're listening to Sheffield Live on 93.2 FM. So yeah, Billy Bibby and the Rye Smiles. Um, so yeah, former Catfish and the Bottlemen lead guitarist. He, uh, he was with them right up until they got signed, and then... He's gone his own way. Moved on. Yeah. Ah, well, uh, I enjoyed that very much. And, and uh, we've got our very special guest in the studio. Uh, hello, Mark. How are you doing? Hello, I'm very good, thank you. Oh, good. Well, this microphone's a bit dodgy, so uh, <laughs> hopefully hopefully we can hear what you're saying. Um, you were just saying you were into the snooker back in the day. Uh, yeah, it was, it was quite a exciting video. Family thing for us, but I haven't watched it because... You know, I'm the youngest of five, and we would sit and watch great players like your Higgins of this world and your Jimmy White. Yeah, well, uh, I forgot to mention the headline. The headline there was one four several. One four several, <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> he d- d- didn't go for the one four seven. Uh, so tell us a bit about yourself, then, Mark. Well, I run a, I run a record shop just around the corner, LP Record Store, uh, on Arundel Street, and I've been doing this for 21 years, and it's 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 my job, but it's also my passion. Yeah. Um, well, we have. I mean, he's not actually here, ironically. But the guy that yeah. does the show before us, uh, he does a all a vinyl show, uh, oh, right. and he's he's massively into it, isn't he, James. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he plays a lot of kind of um, obscure stuff as well, doesn't he? It's a bit of everything. It's weird yeah. and wonderful stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really like his show. Uh, you can go from Bowie to some obscure Sheffield bleeps scene from the nineties. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it your can, favorite Luke. Y- y- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Are you into bleep? Um, no, um, but the, the <laughs> thing is, when you get to the top of the stairs, you never quite know what's going to be on, and I like that about his show, I like yeah. it. So he'll be back next week between uh, 12 and 2, so we've got an extra hour out of him being off today, so thanks, Paul. Um, but yeah, I mean, did you, um, did you? I mean, when it sort of, I mean, have you always found there's been collectors, have you always have you always had a steady um, following, or did you get a bit worried when it went digitised? Yeah, very much so, you know. Um I, I think back to because I started in '95, uh, and it was still alright then. You know, it wasn't. You know, more people were buying CDs at that time, but you still get your your regular collections, your, your faces you'd see from week to week. And then it, when it got around to sort of uh, 2000, 2001, it got really scary, and mm. you know, you were seeing sort of less and less sort of regular customers, if you like. And it, so it has been a battle over the years, uh, but just this last. I'd say four or five years. It's it's been increasing year by year. Well, what we've, I mean, obviously we we're a new music show, so we we've got quite a few gigs. But what we have seen is that the recording onto vinyl now, yeah, um, it's, it's which has been back in a big way, a massive resurgence. It's been going on for a, a while. It's not it's not new. It's, it has been sort of, sort of increasing over the past four or five years. But I think almost every artist now, uh, signed artist, is pressing on vinyl. What do you think the uh, the wonderment is behind it? Why do you think people do it? As opposed to just putting it out there on digital, do you think they want to have something physical? I think they do. I, I really think they do. And also, I mean, you only have to look at the price of uh, records, vinyl records that's in your so-called record shops like HMV. Yeah. Uh, and you're paying twenty-five quid for one record, so surely there's a bit more profit there. Well, I mean, we were saying you can you can go in one shop and it can be a certain price, and you can go in another shop and it can be another price. It does seem to fluctuate, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. And I've had you know I've been having this conversation uh, past few weeks because people come in and they'll say to me, um, um, "Where's your new vinyl section?" And I'll say, "Well, I don't really have one. I have I have got a few bits, you know." And so they look really really surprised that I'm not stocking a load of new vinyl. Um, and there are other shops doing it. And I, I, my, my point is that I make to them is that, you know, you can come into LP Record Store and possibly get... I mean, I have got some really expensive records, 50 quid, 70 quid, 100 quid, and so on. 
but they can come in my store and probably pick up four or five records for 20 quid. That's you decent. Know. It is, it is. And, you know, you, you go into H&V and buy three records, you, you're talking 70, 80 quid. I know, I th- and a few a few vinyl fans on, the, uh, on on our listening base will probably be thinking, has he got Blackstar? Have you got Blackstar? No. Have you not? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's massive, obviously... He, it's been massively in demand, hasn't it? There is a story there, actually, because we all know that Bowie sadly died uh, on the Sunday. The release was on his birthday on the Friday. Yeah. Um, and over the weekend, because I've got two email addresses, one's for business, one's personal. And over the weekend... I'd received an email from this record company saying, because, you know, I've got an account with them for Record Store Day each year and so on. And uh, the email sort of read, Hi, Mark, um, I'm sure you're aware of the release of Black Star, David Bowie. Uh, how many copies would you like? Because, uh, you know, like I said, I've, I've always dealt with these guys year after year on Record Store Day. And it was a great release because it was David Bowie. And they said, uh, you know, you can have up to 10 uh, copies on clear vinyl. And, but I didn't read the email until uh, Monday midday, about that time. Too late. Too late. Yeah. And there was on eBay that afternoon for six, seven hundred quid a piece. Yeah. And yeah. I would have got them for uh, twelve ninety nine. Well, I mean, there's such a lead time, isn't there? So as soon as it goes out, you, you've got a long wait before you get older. That's why I was surprised that, that Paul had actually got older one. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, they had to repress, you know that? Oh, right. Because okay. they'd, all, they'd all gone. Right. Everything that had been, been pressed up. Uh, they're all being sold, so they had to go and repress again. Just explain that process, just for the listeners that might not understand. Well, I think this, you know, when when there's a release, uh, they sort of gauge how many copies possibly that need to be pressed just to get around all the all the stores in in the UK. Uh, and if something like that does happen, uh, that uh, they sell out, they'll just go back to the pressing plant and press some more. So they they they're not the they wouldn't be counted as the originals then in that case. Or they would it's just like a second press, so yeah. it's still the still still the, the same copy, if you like, just 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 more of them. Yeah. yeah, it's like if you go back to kind of northern soul, the northern soul scene. If um, if a DJ, a proper nor- northern soul night, is found playing a second press, <laughs> they they essentially get kicked out, don't mm. they? <laughs> I'm not going to mention any names, but. Um... <laughs> Yeah, we're not a name and shit. Well, we are, actually, but no, don't. Wait, we have been in the past. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mentioned the names, Jack. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I met this smashing chap last week. I've known him a while, but uh, he's, over this past two or three years, he's, he's become a DJ at a certain yeah. venue on the outskirts of uh, the city centre. And he said to me, it was like, almost like Cloak and Dagger, how we were talking in this pub. And he said, Mark, you're buying some records off me, some blues and some... R&B and this is a yeah how many of you guys says, well, they're all singles because you know a DJ says, yeah how many of you guys says, 250 I said well that's a lot of, lot of records why are you selling them well he said, if I get caught DJing with these I'll be done so, and I had no idea what we were talking about at first so what do you mean by that he says if they saw me with repressors I'd get bombed out really so yeah. what, what is the uh, what's the etiquette yes, well, what, what, what it is the, it has to be the original pressings that's what they're looking for right and then, you know which you know it takes a lot of sort of searching to find these records whether you do it online or, or go around record shops and they just you know they're purists yeah mm. uh, there's another word for it but I won't <laughs> I won't say what it is <laughs> no <Right>? no <laughs> but, yeah, it is that thing of um, Northern Soul has, has always been kind of a, a niche scene hasn't it even when vinyl was was its least popular Northern Soul was a, a very niche scene. It had a big, massive collector base for that kind of stuff. And I think they've just pinpointed the 
the really collectible stuff. And if you're not seen with that, then you're you're not part of that scene kind of thing. Well, a friend of mine uh, and I went to a gig in Manchester, and we I can't remember which pub we were in, but they were they got a, a DJ uh, playing the LPs, the the Northern Soul stuff, and it was brilliant. It was really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it, and he was good it was night. great. Proper Northern Soul night, you know, talc on the floor and all. All the funky dancing and stuff. Well, I, I was oh, yeah. I was brought up with all that. My mum and dad loved Northern Soul and, and Motown yeah. and everything, so I loved it. Yeah, it was great. Well, Very I, good. I, I'm sort of unfortunately old enough to remember it uh, first time round. And well, uh, you don't look him up. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we're, we're kind to our guests. I'll get you a drink Generally. later then. Oh, nice one. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, when they used, they used to have the uh, KGB down at the uh, Aberdeen Picture House. Yes, yeah. Uh, back in the sort of uh, late seventies. And it was wonderful. I, I was quite young at the time, and I used to have to sneak in. Uh, it was a bit troublesome, but it, the atmosphere yeah. was fantastic. It's just like James said, you know, talcum powder on the floor and so on. And, you know, I'm right in saying this, James, but, but they weren't exactly big drinkers, were they, these people? Because they were so yeah. passionate about the dancing. That's it, yeah. yeah. It's, you go to clubs nowadays, and, it, you know, the first kind of hour of a club is trying to get people to dance and, and get into it Northern Soul Night they'd walk in and they'd immediately be straight on a dance yeah, floor not, they wouldn't even go to a bar yeah I think it's a shame you, don't, you, you know I think it's a shame it's not that culture anymore it's, it's, but the music's not as good as it was is it I don't think it is it's subjective isn't it but well I'm, I'm, in, yeah. I'm inclined to agree with you actually um, just because uh, there, you know there is so many genres out there these days and so on but well you can just do it on your laptop in your bedroom now can't you yeah and that's you can. it yeah. That's can. number one within like three weeks of release. So, or whatever. is that a bad thing that you can do it in your bedroom? I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. I just think it's. Uh, I mean, if, if like you say, if you're a purist or the other word that you were you were yeah. alluding to, um, <laughs> then it's a bit of a shame, isn't it? Yeah. A bit of a shame. But then I remember, you know, the likes of Calvin Harris when when he did his first album. Uh, his first album was really good. That was essentially producing his bedroom. Was it something? Um, what was it? Something eighties. Something he did acceptable in the eighties. Yeah, one of his yeah. songs. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he did it all in his bedroom. But he went out and he toured and, and gigged live with a live band doing mm. the whole thing. He did, yeah. yeah. And, and it was really good. Now you see him, he stood behind uh, a, 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 a post, laptop, pressing just, a button. He doesn't yeah. do a lot, does he? It's, it's ter- and he's, need to. he's the richest mm. DJ in the world. Yeah. He's the highest paid DJ in he, the world. He was the highest paid either last year or the year before. Probably last year, 2015. Yeah. Unreal. Crazy. Well, mm. I, I actually really enjoyed his show when, when he When he first actually used to do a proper tour, show. Yeah, with a full band. I, I loved that. Well, Fatboy Slim um, did uh, did a gig, and he he was like properly doing everything, wasn't he? Yeah, and that was that was recently. Well, I yeah, can't remember what it was. Do you remember um, the closure of the Olympics? Oh, the, yes, twenty twelve yeah. ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he was pretty much miming everything, and uh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. weren't very good. That was it. No, that wasn't very good. Uh, the uh, other one he did, I can't remember what it was for, but that was that was good. But yeah, it's it's, it's moving on, isn't it? Did you see the um, the Hacienda Orchestra? thing that was uh, on TV the other week. Now all the 90s kind of club classics from you know Hacienda time in Manchester mm. and whatever, all played out with a full orchestra. Right. And it sounds just amazing. Just It's well worth, I think it's still an iPlayer. It's worth uh, um, yeah, looking out for that. I mentioned orchestra. I went to see uh, Sheffield Band ABC a few years ago at the City Hall. Oh, yeah. Ooh, do you know, we mm. had the um, son-in-law to be of the former Bass player of Matt ABC. Singleton, is yeah. it? Don't know. Yeah. Alex Basie, we had on. His girlfriend's yeah. dad. Is that yeah. right? So, anyway, yes, yeah. I took uh, my wife Rachel to, to, to go and see ABC, and you know, I know all the, I know all the hits and all the, all the flops as well. But it was backed uh, with the. I'm 
trying to think who. I'm a bit disappointed that you weren't impressed that we had the uh, bass player's <laughs> daughter's boyfriend. It, it's a show. bit of a stretch, isn't it, Luke? Hey, look, you've got to clutch at straws sometimes. You know, and I think I did that quite well. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah it was um, it was back with uh, Anne Dudley's orchestra, who was uh, the claim to fame like Art of Noise and ZTT label. Yeah, yeah. In, in the uh, in the eighties, and. It was so amazing. The sound was fantastic. And Martin Fry, the lead singer, he looked quite nervous because of this backing, mm. you know, because they're going to sound amazing. So he's got to step up and sound equally amazing. Mm. But it was a great experience. Did he have the look of love? He had the look of terror. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he pulled it off. And he, Did it was he shoot quite... that poison arrow through your heart? Musical heart. <sighs> We, we do, <laughs> do you any better than that? We do like a good pun. I'm trying to think. I think those are the only two I know as well. No, they were, well, they were Poison Arrow, Look of Love, uh, Tears Are Not Enough, uh, Be Near Me, uh, SOS actually flopped. That was them, but Maybe, maybe they needed an SOS for yes. that song. <laughs> yeah. So you've oh, got one in. I've just got Abba's SOS in my head now. Uh, uh, I've got oh, what Police. About police? Oh. That's a better one. Yeah. yeah. Or as a now known, Sting. Stung. <laughs> oh God! Uh, Twenty-eight minutes, and we've got an Alan Partridge as a minute. That's very bad. Right, we'll uh, we'll come back to this after this next song. What is it, James? This is Paul Fletcher. He's been uh, nominated for the best unsigned band or musician at the Exposed Awards coming up uh, soon. Uh, and this is a song of his from his new album called Fires. Talk to lies, but I know that they're worth 
is Sheffield Live. So that's Paul Fletcher with Fires. And as I say, he's been nominated for uh, a Exposed Awards, which were just uh, the nominations released this week. Exciting times. Very exciting times. Sure, yeah. The 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 uh, the nominations for that is the best unsigned band or musician category. Uh, it's Cog and the Zongo Brigade. I've actually not seen them. Uh, I, so I, I don't have, know. and I actually know the guy. Oh dear! All right. Cog and the Zongo Brigade. Yes. Well, he, when he introduced himself to me, because he he, want, he wanted to use the upstairs in my shop to do a bit of rehearsing and stuff, and I just mm-hmm. thought, you know. It sounds like a bad idea, and he introduced himself as KOG. Oh, right, is that it? It might be KOG. I, I genuinely. If they play. If it's KOG, then, in fairness, they should have some dots in between. They should. Otherwise, yeah. it just confuses people. Indeed. That's just, um, just mine. So, yeah, well, do you know what type of music they are, then, Mark? It's, 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 it's reggae based. Is it? Okay, right. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, Cog. And then after that, Kong. I don't know anything about Kong, do you? Oh, Kong, Kong yeah, yeah, we know Kong. We've got a track of theirs coming up in a bit. Um, Liberty Ship, who have been around a couple of years, yeah, uh, young lads, re- really good. Uh, Paul Fletcher, who we just played there, and Caroline Francis. Didn't uh, Liberty Ship, didn't they play at, um, at the plug on one of your brother's nights? Yes, on the uh, on the old, uh, not the end of project, the other night, can't, can't, can't remember the name. Um, proper Local, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> 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 yeah, proper, proper Local. So is that, is, is that still going on or is it finished now? Yeah, that's, that's still going on. Um, it's... I don't think Neil Neil organises it as much as he used to. Mm. Uh, there's another team behind it at the minute, but yeah, it's basically a night at plug, watch a few bands, and then go off into uh, into propaganda after the club night. It's, yeah, because uh, one island, and I did. If you remember, I did that pop up shop. Yeah, um, I think they were on Liberty Ship, and also Resonate. Resonate. Oh, yeah. Resonate. That's Resonate. Alex Bearsay, the uh, <laughs> uh, uh, boyfriend of the bass. Out of ABC's <laughs> daughter. Really? Yeah. So we got back round to that then. Yeah. Everything comes down into a full yeah. circle. It's a it? small world, isn't it? It is, absolutely. It is, though, isn't it? Yeah. In Sheffield. Yeah. I do find that. Mm. When it comes to music, it is, yeah. Um, so, um, we were just saying that you've, you're, you're recovering from a, from a hangover. So, uh, tell us what you were doing last night, apart from drinking copious amounts of red wine. It sounds great, actually. Well, <laughs> yeah. We do it uh, a couple of times a week, me and my wife, drinking wine, that is. Uh... <laughs> Well, what else do you well, think good. Around, <laughs> yeah, uh, good yeah, save. We, just, we, we like it. We, we like a bit of wine, and we like bit, to a, bit of Rioja. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I've got this big sort of cube speaker, just a near above our washer sort of thing in the kitchen. So our our kitchen's more or less like the living room, if you like. We spend more time in there listening to music and so on. And once I get a little bit merry, I've got an, uh, an upright piano in the kitchen. So, yeah, yeah, so I'll uh, have a little bang on that. Probably upset the neighbours a bit, but by the time it's gone past midnight, I don't care less. <laughs> Absolutely. So then we'll just talk mumbo jumbo for a couple of hours. My wife tends to nod off, and I'll be talking to myself, and then we'll get to bed. Happy days. Because yeah. you've, you've um, done music yourself, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've done some gigging in bands. Is, mm-hmm. is that something you're still doing? It is. Uh, I'm actually rehearsing tomorrow and doing a bit of recording as well uh, with a guy called Dickie, Richard Harris. He's been qu- quite a few Sheffield bands. Uh, so yeah, we are putting a bit of a set together and hoping to uh, jump on board for tramlines. Yeah, it's, um, is it still electronic based? It is electronic, yeah. uh, but not solely electronic. Cause, you know, I do the, I do most of the synth stuff and what have you, and, and we should sort of share the programming. Uh, 
But you know, there there is guitars, there is drums, yeah. etc. Yeah. So when when you uh, record, send it over, and we'll give it. Oh a yeah, please well, do, please do. Well, I'll plug my band. We're called Revox. Yeah. And we did tramlines a couple of years back, and it was quite nerve wracking because we did, we did the frog and parrot. Ah. And when you know when when you when you're performing in the frog, it's like you're, it's just it, like a goldfish ball, isn't it? It's yeah. a strange place because you're you're at the bottom. You're yeah. On the ground, they're floor literally looking else. on top of you, aren't they? It's, it's very strange. And it, good it, though. It was yeah. packed. It was packed, and like I, I've got Dickie who was sort of behind me on drums, just saying, "You'll be all right. You'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear it from the speakers. You'll be all right. You'll be all right." Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I was quite edgy and a bit nervous, and just thinking, oh, "Well, I remember all my words and stuff." And yeah, I did actually. Uh, so so you yeah. do the vocals as well as the synths. I'm, yeah, I'm the frontman. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's enjoyable. Just talking about. Uh, Red wine and 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 frontman <laughs> once went to see Frank White in wow. uh, in the old Blue Ball. Oh yes, um, and he'd got a bottle of red wine just by the side of the speaker and a, and a glass, and just kept topping it up. And he was here singing with his uh, with his red wine, obviously playing rock music. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Is he still on the sinks? I've not. I don't see his name down the bottom. <sighs> to be fair, Mark, I'm going back now. Probably a good six six year. Um, yeah. It's probably one of the last times they were in the Blue Ball as well. Because he used to be sort of more or less a resident artist up at the... Uh, pheasant, was it? That's the one. Yeah, up on... Uh, you don't hear much lean, about the Pheasant these top. days, do you? It's gone, hasn't it? Now, it gone? I think. Yeah. It's closed. I don't think it's been knocked down. Oh, it's, right. it's closed. Uh, the Sicy up the road's been knocked down. I think there's, there's a flat or houses or something yeah, now. But yeah, yeah. yeah my dad used to dad used to go and watch him back in the day. Yeah, I saw Frank White there at the Pheasant. Yeah, yeah. I, I did as well, years ago. And his lad played with him and I think his lad's doing a lot in music now in Sheffield um, but I've not heard much of Frank so, oh, didn't, well didn't his, his son do some work with uh, Steve Delaney yes yeah yeah. I can't remember his son's always oh, been a massive seed in Sheffield on it for music yeah. yeah I mean even now there's so many there's so many uh, so many bands knocking about it's like we're there's a gig on uh, the 2nd of April that we've mentioned at least, just, at just least a couple once, of times at least a couple of times <laughs> but there's four four great bands um playing lead mill and it's seven quid and that's it's for good. nothing yeah. for nothing four great bands seven quid you each one of those bands you pay seven quid to watch I, on their own do you know i'd probably pay more to go and watch watch slow readers club i think they're absolutely wonderful love them and it's sold out now so so if you so want no, to go forget <laughs> it no no tickets left uh, there's going to be no tickets to be on fair the door, apparently we did tell you the yeah. problem is all of our listeners are in bosnia <laughs> They're right. That just pose a bit of a problem, doesn't it? Well, yeah. we, we get a lot of listens on the uh, podcasting. Yeah, uh, on the old podcast. Yeah, and the podcasting um, community. There's a lot in sort of like where is it? Denmark? Is it Scandinavia? Yeah, we're we're on Acast, which is a platform for podcasts, which uh, made it big in Sweden and Denmark. So we get a lot of listeners over there. Yeah. Uh, so Revox will be famous in in Sweden and Denmark. Yeah, we're we're massive in Macedonia. <laughs> and, and the the uh, problem is, Mark, at this time after everyone's in Boozer, aren't they? Yeah. We're yeah. only ones that are not not in Boozer, probably. Yeah. But but radio's going the same way as TV, isn't it? People, yeah, people watch listen. It when yeah, I mean, ra- radio radio and TV uh, listenership viewership is is declining because people are watching it when they want to, when they, they listen, when they want to listen back. Yeah. It's just the way it's going. Um, yeah, so I want to want to move on now to social media. Um, there's been a story this week in the news. I mean, are you on Twitter or Facebook or anything, Mark? Yeah, the shop yeah. is. Yeah, I haven't got personal accounts. But okay. Shop is, yeah. Well, Stephen Fry, who was one of the first, very first people to um, be an advocate for Twitter, has quit. He's come off. Yes, I did. Hear that, um, it's not the first time he's quit on there, though, is it? No, it's not. But he's done it. Um, he, he hosted the. Uh, what did he host? The Baptist. The Baptist. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, one of them. And uh, he, he, he got a bit of stick because he. Um, 
he compared costume designer Jenny Benny B Bevan. Bevan got me teeth mixed up there. Um, uh, yeah, Bevan. whatever. Yeah, <laughs> uh, as as a bag lady when she picked up a BAFTA. <laughs> At least he pronounced her name right, though, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm still on Twitter, so Bevan the joke's the bag on lady. him. Yeah, yes. um, I mean he, the the friends anyway. So it, it was uh, it was all in good faith. But he got, he got loads of stick on Twitter, and he's come off now. He's got the face on. Yeah. Um, the, the irony is that people love to see that kind of you know uh, banter. It's like look why Ricky Gervais gets uh, called up to do the, yeah. uh, the yeah. Oscars or whatever the Emmys every year in um, in America because he's, he is so cutthroat with what he says and. Then Stephen Fry, the elder statesman of, uh, of Sheffield, Mex- of, yeah. of, of, of British entertainment, M- makes a fairly yeah. fairly innocent comment about <laughs> a good friend that he's known for a long time, and he gets uh, nothing but grief for it. Yeah. And, and then, uh, but he should I'd, be big enough to take that, shouldn't he? He's not. You know, it's a bit, it's, well, I think it's a bit silly quitting. I agree. Twitter. I think he's got bipolar though, so yeah, I think he he, he'll probably have him one of his uh, one of his bad bad uh, episodes, and he's mm. come off. And it, it also, this week his uh, his new documentary on his mental disorders have, has come out as well, hasn't it? So, yeah. Uh, Everybody sort of shut yeah. up. It's just bizarre because it wasn't the worst thing said on the Baftas either. Like Rebel Wilson was uh, pretty cutthroat in what she said, and. No, I didn't watch it, to be fair. I did watch that clip. Um, I thought it was quite funny, and I thought he was right, actually. To be fair, she did look a bit ridiculous. Yeah. But it's, it's one, of his, one of his friends that he again, was having a joke. Again, uh, very impartial on this show, Mark. Uh, <laughs> yeah. hmm. Stephen Fry uh, is moving on from QI as well now, isn't he? Yeah, he's done it a long time. Eh? Yeah, I, I never got into that, to be fair. The, the idea of it was that every series is going to be based on a letter, and they've got to... However many series in it is now, it's the letter M. So he's halfway through. 13, 14? Yeah. yeah. I believe Sandy Toxfic is going to be taking it over. Oh, don't like her. I'm not a big fan. She does in. So, yes. We, we, yeah. Again, <laughs> we, impartial as always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of her. Although she did used to do the, um, the news quiz on Radio 2, which was one of the very first podcasts I started listening to. And that really? Was quite, quite funny, yeah. It's quite an admission, not James. Be, not because yeah. of her, because of all the guests that used to be on it. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, just, I mean, the reason I brought that up, I mean, social media, it's gone crazy. What do you think about the power of social media, Mark? I mean, it's obviously good for business in your case. Well, that's all I use it for. But for, from the music side of things, um, I mean, one of the bands we've had, uh, you know, championed um, October Drift, they're not on any of the social media, but you see... They are now. Oh, they are now. Yeah, they are now. Yeah. See the power of social media. Mm. Even even the drift couldn't stay away. Well, I mean, you you can get you can get uh, through to people through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the picture site, yeah. all of them now. Snapchat. Well, with bands as well, it, it's such like the, the record industry. If you if you wanted to get signed by a label, got to put yourself out there. Yeah, sure, it, it, it's, it's such a, a a big thing that. They don't. I, I don't think that they tend to even listen to your music and, until they've looked at your Facebook and your Twitter and seen that you've got yeah. ten thousand followers and yeah, and know. they want to see what you look like as well, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. image. Back in the day, you used to have to rely on popping a, a cassette in a jiffy bag with a few yes. pictures of yourself and hope that somebody would open it, rather than just chuck it in a bin. But now you've got, like you say, your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, SoundCloud, yeah, yeah, which, which is great. Because you know, it's, it's you, know, you can pull all your music on there, or, or, or possibly even snippets. Well, I mean, for bands that I mean, recording can be quite expensive. Well, that's yeah. a lot of. The, I mean, we champion a lot of bands, but there's a lot of local bands that we know of that haven't recorded anything because can't afford to record it. So we're, a bit, you yeah. know, 
uh, we struggle to play it, obviously, right. if they haven't got anything recorded. It's more affordable now than it, I think, than it was back in the day. Obviously, mm. when, I, when I first started recording uh, in the 80s, it was really, really expensive. We'd have to save up for it, mm. you know. But now, it is depending on what type of band you are as well, because... yeah. If you are a, an, an electro band or semi-electro with acoustic instruments, you can use your softwares like your, your reasons and your logics, etc. Uh, so I think it is more affordable now. If you're going into big studios, yeah, 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 you're going to pay for it. It's like Resonate recorded at Two Fly, um, but because they're two piece, uh, they they have a lot of stuff that they've already put on track. So the track goes into the machine. Alan Smythe or whoever is uh, engineering it has all all those little bits, and then. You know, Alex Piercy goes in, plays guitar. Mark Pereira goes and plays his drums, and that's it. And you know, two hundred and fifty quid a day or whatever it is, uh, they they can knock out three or four songs. Um, but for a band with like five different pieces and mm. you know, lots of different layers of vocals and things like that, you're lucky to get a song in a day. Um, but the value of music in Sheffield, particularly, is has kind of gone down. No, nowhere like a lot of bands are expected to play for free on a lot of nights well I mean just as you mentioned that I had, a, I, had a, <laughs> I had a call from Danny Pietnik last night who we've had on before acoustic soloist um, very good I like him anyway um, either I think he's very boring but there you go uh, sorry Dan bit harsh. he'll not be listening anyway um, phoned me up last night he says I've got a gig at um... oh god what is it now I should have I should have thought about this before I brought it up <laughs> yeah. um, anyway he says um Oh, there was a promoter at the gig on Saturday when he right. did uh, Carmeloni Presents at the Washington. And he said, oh, somebody offered me a gig and they've offered me £20 and free beer. Now, for him, that's a result. He's got free drinks all night and he's getting a bit of money. Yeah, I think bands expect to kind of ride us, so a few beers and whatever thrown away. But but they are largely in Sheffield expected to play for free. Yeah, and so know, many of them. You, you go you go out yeah. to like London and Manchester and stuff and... and a lot getting of bands paid. get getting paid. Yeah, but so what, what do you think that's down to? I mean, I've got my opinion on this already. So what do you think it is? Well, personally, I think that Sheffield just got oversaturated with venues <laughs> and bands and everybody wanting to do it. So it just became the norm in well, Sheffield. Well, what about you, Mark? What do you think? Well, I'm going to beg to differ on that, to be honest Go with you. On, yeah, just, just because I don't think there's enough venues. Decent venues, sort of thing. Not decent venues. That's the other thing. A lot of pubs playing music, and, and well, we've talked about this before. That, that frustrates. So me. You've, you've got you've got at least hundreds and hundreds of bands playing or wants to perform in Sheffield, but only so, so many venues. So they're desperate to play. So it's, it's odds on they're going to play for nothing. I think. Yeah, I think there's uh, there's definitely the case that they've revived a lot of old bars. Um, Done it all up, and then mm. as an afterthought, put mm. a performing area down the back of beyond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes, it, be- so. it becomes a pub with a stage as opposed to a music venue. But then a lot of pubs are doing it without any type of stage, and it works in some places. It doesn't in others. So, like the Frog and Parrot, that kind of works because you've got the viewing area, which is which is above. And well, that, that is the main. Down. That is the focal point of the place because yeah. everybody has got to stand round it. Yeah, yeah. Um, no matter where you are in the in the in the in the place. When you look at, I mean, I like Maidervale. I think it's a lovely, a lovely drinking yeah. place. But I've not been in the, the performing area. If you go, if you go in, it's right at the end of the bar in the in the oh, corner and to the side. It yeah, kind it's, of it's, sideways it's on. facing it, it the was, stairs. It was a bit like down that to the, the toilet. The, the boardwalk, weren't it? 
when you'd walk in, you'd, and it was like... I, I only went in the uh, the upstairs one. I never uh, went in the downstairs bit, so mm. I don't know myself. Well, that's yeah, the I mean, place that's missed. I, mean, I do Yeah, the, the, oh, the boardwalk yeah, yeah. is... It, it is a legendary venue. It, it used to be amazing. Just... You know, you, you could go in there and it's like the Arctic Monkeys got their breakthrough there, like Milburn back in the day, Reverend and the Makers. There's actually a gig ticket that that's online. I think I mentioned it on the show before. You can see a gig ticket online, which has Arctic Monkeys, Milburn, Reverend and the Makers all on, on the yeah. same bill. Well, do you not think, going back to what, what, you know, the reason bands are prepared to play free, do you not think that sometimes um, there'll be somebody that that takes them on and gets them the gig and then they get they get their fruits and then the band doesn't get maybe as much as they, as they would have done otherwise. I mean, probably your best answer in that, you know, you're involved yeah. in gigs more than well, I. We mentioned it before, right? you get a ticketed gig, so, um, you know, somebody, a promoter might put on a show somewhere and, and a promoter, to be fair, takes a lot of the risk, but they might expect the bands to go out and sell tickets at seven quid a pop and then the band are lucky to get a quid back out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, they, they get twenty people in the door and get twenty quid, and it's, that, that, it's not very much, is it? It's not much, but then then you look at, you know, your karaoke DJs on the other end of the scale. They're getting like hundred and fifty, two hundred quid a night to go and stand there and let people make fools of themselves in front <laughs> of each, in front of everyone in the pub. So, it, for for somebody that's gone out there. Like practiced and practicing is expensive as well. After yeah. practice rooms yeah, yeah. and and they're hard to find that that are decent. Uh, they have to pay for all that. They have to buy all their equipment. They have to literally learn the trade. They have to write the songs. They have to put it all together. Pay for the recording, yeah, the mixing. Pay, pay for recording, and then they're expected to play for for free. Whereas a karaoke DJ gets hundred and fifty quid. Yeah, that, that's there's something wrong in that kind of culture for me. Yeah, d- just doing something digital and getting paid d- well, decent amount of money, I would never that, do that. that <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. That's the thing. A, a karaoke DJ now doesn't need a bag full of CDs. No, it, I've seen I've seen people do it in Hillsborough. They bring an iPod, uh, an iPod or an iPad. Yeah, well, this is this is all digitised that you can see on. on yeah. I looked on uh, eBay recently, and it's a proper karaoke machine if it's a gadget, but it's about it's, it's about. Ten inches high with a, with a little screen on the cell, and you just hook up to yeah. a PA system. Well, I mean, generally speaking, in some bars, in, especially down Hillsborough, there's that many screens knocking about. Yeah. You literally, you just need your, your device with your music on. Yeah, but the it, pub yeah. will have a PA system with microphones. You plug it in, you're away. Comes through the telly, give yeah. them a mic, tweak the levels. That's it. No, that's your it. job. But the best live venue. Um, just looking back at these exposed awards, the the nominations for the best live venue uh, on there are plug. Uh, the O2 Academy, Lead Mill, West Street Live and Corporation. Okay. Which one out of them would you say is the best venue then? James, you first. I really like Plug, to be fair. Out of those, I think. I think Lead Mill's legendary and as a place on there, definitely. West Street Live isn't the best, but it's definitely the most improved in the last year. Yeah. Um, Corporation is great, especially upstairs for that, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, now, now they've solved the issues there um, and O2 is the O2 isn't it it's yeah I mean the O2 sorry Mark you go no uh, I, I do like the O2 for many reasons is that you know it's, it's, it's a fair size venue standing up venue and so on mm. um, and they do attract some decent bands there you know um, I when I go to the O2 and I do love going and I'm, I'm lucky to get guest lists um, uh, because I take their posters and flyers and what have you 
And I only wanted to come to the like to make about the O2 is a lot of the time when I've been there and seen certain bands, it's never quite loud enough. Yes, you know, yeah, absolutely. The, 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 the acoustics are, are all right, aren't they? Yeah. They're good, but you just you, you feel like you want to turn it up. Well, that room is massive, and I think sometimes room, yeah. it can feel a bit vacuous and a mm. bit hard to fill. Mm. Uh, and of course, you've got the bar at the back, so then it becomes it becomes almost penned in whilst not filling the room. It's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? I saw um, Gary Newman there the other year, and he's you know his, his music's quite dark did, and industrial. Did, did he come in his car? <laughs> No, that's not even funny. Well, let's move on from that. His, his friends were electric, though. <laughs> There's no wonder I dream of wires. Right. Oh, uh, uh, and yeah, so you were there. His, his music is in industrial, electronic. It's dark and pulsating and so on. And again, he just wasn't loud enough. Yeah. You? He, just, he just wanted to turn it up. I'm thinking, what is the problem there? You know, But the, the actual sound... Within the venue is is, is a yeah. great sound, isn't it? The kit they've got is fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do like the plug as well, you know. But I was lucky enough uh, last week to go and see John Grant, who played at the Octagon, and I've not been there for a long time. And I've I've wanted to see John Grant for the past couple of years or so, and I've, I've followed his, his career so far as a solo artist. Uh, and I'm quite excited to go to the Octagon. And what he what John Grant had requested was because obviously it's a standing venue normally. Yeah. He wanted it half seated and half standing. Mm. Uh, so uh, I went with Molly, who works for me at the shop. Um, so we went, we sat down for a bit, but it didn't quite feel right. Yeah. Because we were like sort of sat, all the seating was around the outskirts. So then so the standing area was, they were all sort of hovering around the stage. So we sat back and I don't know if you've listened to John Grant music. It's, it's great. It's electronic. It's dull. It's sometimes acoustic. He's got a great voice. Uh, and we, he didn't. He just didn't feel right. Actually, sat down. No, uh. we were sat quite a bit away from the PA system. Sort of thing. You, you know, the guy on the PA, he wasn't in our way. But I just felt as though I needed to engage more. Yeah. Uh, so we we moved forward, and the, the moment we did that, it became more enjoyable. Yeah, I do think the Octagon is one of the most underrated venues, I think underused it is. venues in Sheffield. Why is that though? In the, in, in the 90s, it was it yeah. was big. I, I went to see Skunk and Nancy, Reef, Placebo. Tends, I saw all Placebo there. Yeah. Tends to be used for like comedians now. Does it? Yeah, yeah Joe Lysett was there the other night. Um, the, uh, not Jeremy Vine, his brother. Funniest joke of the fringe, one liner. Tim Vine, he did uh, he did a, uh, oh, a gig there. I don't yeah. know. Done, yeah. I think Stuart Francis has done the Octagon. Um, so yeah, it tends to be used for for that more now. It's a good venue, great, great sounding there. Yeah, again. cracking the sound. Yeah. Okay, time for another song then, James. One more song. Let's go for it. This is a band from Stoke on Trent, uh, indie band. Played them before, but not this song. Uh, the Fantastic Life and the drummers in Peaky Blinders. So that's a bonus. Uh, but these are called Moscow, and this song is called The Night. You listen to the squeak on ninety three point two FM. Get in touch on Twitter and the Facebook. Let me the night 
Go with the night. Um, they're they're a great live band, and I wanted to actually play another one of their songs called Pack Animals, but uh, it does have a little bit of swearing in it. Ah, we can't have the swears because we get told off. Yeah, we can't do that. Yeah. Um, but yes, we have the ads coming up. So, uh, what's coming up in the next hour, Luke? After the ads? Well, hopefully more uh, pun headlines because I couldn't really think of one for that one. <laughs> so I sort of got like fry logs off of Twitter, but you do that anyway, don't you? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to come up with something bag-related. Well, if one of our listeners has a better pun headline than that, then tweet us. Absolutely, please do. At The Squeak. We would love to hear your puns. Uh, Hopefully quicker thinking than James, because James needs a good week (laughs) uh, before he can nail anything down. We're back after these. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Sheffield Live. Yes, good afternoon. Welcome back to The Squeak. If you weren't listening, uh, you've missed us for the first hour because we're doing two hours today. Yes, we did mention it last week, so if you missed the first hour, then you missed out. Yes. But you can listen back on a podcast. Of course. We're scarily big in Sweden. <laughs> Swede big in Sweden. No, it doesn't work. What? Forget it. So we're going for really, but Swede. Sweet. Yeah. No, it doesn't work. Yeah. Just to introduce as well, Mark Richardson's with us from the LP Record Store. Reintroduce. Good afternoon again. Good afternoon. Mark. At least you've seen the, the, the beginning of this hour because you were slightly late, weren't you? Yeah, well, yeah. We, I think we styled it out, though. Yeah. yeah. Did, what time did you get here? We didn't leave you outside for 10 minutes, did you? Uh, about 10 past one, weren't it? Yeah, oh, about that's okay. 10 past. Oh, well. Yeah. But I was listening on the bus coming down. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Was it, what, online? Mm. Oh, like you can as well. Mm-hmm. If you go to sheffieldlive.org, you can listen to us. But if you're listening, you already are listening. Yeah. So you already know that. Or you're listening through the 93.2 FM frequency on your radio. Yeah. Or it's next week in the future and you're listening on the podcast. Yeah, maybe, yeah. In which case, what a, what a half week it's been, maybe. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's, there's no news about the end of the world this week, so at least people will get to listen to it this week. Well, it depends when they actually do listen back. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Yeah. But if you are listening uh, on a podcast... Then, then the please, world hasn't ended. Yeah, the world hasn't ended, but please uh, give us a rating and a uh, review on iTunes. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Okay. We've, had, we've had a tweet in from Faith earlier. Have we? Thank God. Faith Shaughnessy, she said that she likey, and that was about Paul Fletcher's song, Fires. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I- Paul Fletcher is playing the O2 Academy soon, I I think is it, is it is it the end of April? I think it is. Yes. Uh, let's have a look. Thirtieth uh, of April. Yeah. Oh, there you go then. So Big month for gigs in April. It is. I'm mm. going to see uh, Stranglers next month. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, Golden Brown. Yeah. That song. They're doing. Uh, they're they doing their old. They're doing a full album. Yeah. Uh, gig aren't yeah. they? Yeah. I've seen them a few times. Um, and they always pull a big crowd as well. Sort of thing. Mm. That they, you know. A lot of people, yeah, I've, I've, I've had sort of conversations about the Stranglers in the past, and the people say, "Oh, now I don't want to go and see them. It's, it's not, it's not the original lead singer." Well, what they need to realise is that you come all left over twenty years ago, or something yeah. like that. And this frontman uh, is a is a fantastic frontman. You know, he's and he, he he's got a passion for what he does. And every every time I've seen the Stranglers, they've never disappointed me. They're a really good band. Yeah, um, cool. Is that in the O2 as well? Yeah. Yeah, oh, next right. month. I don't know what date, but... Uh. Well, I mean, just talking about venues there before the break, mm. I find the O2 gets extremely hot. I know it it's does. not the yeah, most important yeah. thing, but I was sweltering when I went yeah. to, to the last gig there. Yeah, yeah it does. Um, it's, it's a weird one as well, because it's so big and open in the in the main room, that is. Um, if you go in in the day, so, uh, I've done sound checks with bands and whatever in the past, if going in the day, it's freezing. Yeah, I've been and then as soon as you get some bodies in there, the temperature just yeah rises yeah very quickly. Yeah, I went to you know you know well a mutual friend Andy Rushworth. Uh, yes, yeah. he does this thing once a year. Um, uh, and I'm trying Glory to think, revolution. revolution. That's it. Yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, so I've gone in the daytime as well, and I said to Andy, Andy's saying, "What's the matter?" And I'm like, "I'm <laughs> differing. I'm shivering." So you're right, it's cold. <laughs> Do you know? Actually, I, I saw. Um, on uh, Don't Tell the Bride, where they give him 12 grand and the husband organises yeah. the wedding. A couple from Workshop had the wedding oh, in, in the O2. O2. Yeah. Really? It looked like the worst wedding ever. <laughs> but what they did was they had the wedding in the O2, 
but for the wedding, they put a tent up inside on the big dance floor. Yeah. So why why not just put a tent anywhere? Well, I mean, other yeah. than inside. If if you haven't, I mean, I'm sure anybody listening will have seen the O2 at some point in their life. It's not the most. It's not the prettiest building from the outside, from is it? It's, 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 it's got 70s written all over it. Hasn't yeah, it, it yeah. looks awful. Um, I don't know. I don't know why you'd want to get married. I mean, I've been to workshop and it's not great, so I can understand, maybe, understand why they wanted to get married out of workshop, but they yeah, could have picked somewhere well, maybe better. They, maybe they used to go to Roxy's in the 80s or something. No, because they were my age. It, it was, <laughs> the guy was a big like dance music fan, wasn't he? And, and then what he, they did was they, yeah. they all went into Academy 2. And then he did his own set. Yeah. Well, he, he did a bit of So, right. so they, had, they had the ceremony in the tent in on the dance floor. Then everyone shipped off into Academy 2 for drinks or whatever, and they stripped down the tent very quickly and yeah. opened it up as kind of a club night for yeah. the reception. But the problem was, because it's such a big room, it it seemed fairly empty, didn't it? It they weren't, did, yeah. they weren't. I mean, there were a lot of people there, but because it's such a massive, you know, vast room. It's mm. like, what is weird. it, 2,000 capacity in there? And they, mm. they had a, yeah, a wedding of maybe 200 people? Yeah, and it was expensive as well. Yeah. I can't remember exactly how much it was, but it was an expensive, uh, higher price. Oh, you can imagine it is. But but don't let that put you off, by the way. If you want to get married there, <laughs> make sure you've got a lot of people. Thing is, though, it costs you even more because then you've got to put a, more, even more food on, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. Don't get married. That's the that's the answer. Anyway. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, we've talked about BBC introducing before. We have um, a lot. With Christian Carlisle. Christian Carlisle was on Don't Tell the Bride when he got married. Was he? Yeah. I've not seen that one. It's, uh, it's a few years ago now. Um it's funny if you if you watch his Twitter, you'll know when he's on because everybody tweets him at the same time. You're on, you're on telly now. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, what was it? I think he got married in a forest or something. Off the top of my head, I can't can't remember exactly what it was. Mm. Uh, anyway, yeah. look out for that. Yeah. Um, I wanted to move on to Apple because Apple have been in the news quite a bit this week. Not um, onions, Apple. Yeah, go on, get it out of the way. <laughs> Just just they, Neil Hargreaves being Neil Hargreaves. I got, Some, somebody's I got told we have to mention the onions. Somebody's allowed him back on Facebook, and it's it's not been a good news. <laughs> yes, after after his ban, his he got his got twenty four hour ban. Got banned from Facebook. Yeah, that that was really funny to be fair because he he took a picture of his eye. Yeah, which a close up picture of his eye, uh, and sideways on. Yeah, uh, and uh, somebody mistook it for something, something else. else. Yeah, rude, and uh, <laughs> reported it. And they got a ban. Well, um, it could have got a poke in the eye. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm terrible at puns. If I knew this, I would have texted him that on the day. Oh, dear me. That was very good. Um, If you haven't worked out what it looked like, then rethink that. Um, It was funny, actually, because my my dad commented saying, picture, please. And you put, yeah, right. I don't think (laughs) you Did you know that was my dad? I didn't know it was your dad. Yeah, it was my dad. I thought, how has he he managed to... uh, Comment on that, but it must be because you'd tagged, yeah. or because I'd commented, oh, I'd liked it, and then yeah, my dad could see it. it. You can see it, and then friends are friends. So, my da- you know, power of social media, my dad's all the way in Thailand, and he's seen Neil's <laughs> eye. Um, yeah, crazy. Uh, but no, Apple have been in the news, uh, not Onion, because um, they've, they've been warning iPhone users. Now, for some reason, if you program the date and time um, to the 1st of January 1970, Mm-hmm. there was a thing going around that, that you'd get like a retro 1970s design. It's actually not true. And if you do it, um, it's a bug and your phone will not switch back on. It actually breaks your phone. Yeah, yeah. if you power your phone on after you've programmed it to, to the 1st of January 1970, um, 
it won't load up. It just keeps rebooting. Um, and Apple have had to sort of find a fix for that. Um, so they're going to have to do another update. So if you if you if you're thinking about doing it, don't because it will break your phone. They're um, very good at patching it, so they will patch it very soon, I reckon. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> bit of a funny one, though. It's isn't a bit it? of an odd one. All these kind of anomalies can happen, can't? They? If you remember back to um, the Millennium, how everybody was like really worried about the Millennium yeah. bug because yeah. computers clocks weren't set. To that yeah, well, future. they thought after 1999 it would go to 1900 yeah. as opposed to 2000. Mm. Did anything actually come of that? Because I don't think no, because everybody num- was warning about it up. for years beforehand, and most of it just got patched up and sorted. But, yeah, but if you if you remember all the uh, all the worrying about it, like you'd be reading in the papers that planes might fall out of the sky, and you know the electricity grid would turn off and whatever. It was uh, a very Sen- fun time. Sensationalist. Um, but yeah, that was just that was just a lead in to the to the main one. It's a bit of a debate this because um, the FBI are wanting to get into a killer's iPhone, and uh, they've mm. they've actually got a court order um, for Apple to unlock it, and Apple have refused. Um, Apple famously uh, designed the software so that the the user has complete um, privacy and security protection. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you think? I I'm, I think it's. It is all about security because, you know, if they do actually construct this version of the operating system that has the back doors in, then everybody's phone could potentially then be vulnerable. Be to vulnerable. Being and the argument is that Apple will do it securely and then, you know, destroy the software that they create. But just the very fact that they're creating that software means it's it's there and available to be done. Well, um, what do you think, Mark? Do you think? Um, I mean, it's it's it's. Just, it, there is a there is a moral dilemma because the FBI are trying to get into into a killer's iPhone, um, obviously for the apparently for the protection of of everybody else, mm. um, but it sets a dangerous precedent, is what Apple's arguing. You know, they built it specifically to give the user that that privacy. What do you think? I just I think you know we're talking about a killer, a murderer. So yeah. I think for something like that, as serious as that, I think they'd be right. James. Oh, I'm not sure because they they actually don't know what they're going to find, and they're just they they're doing it to clutch at straws, as if to say there might be something there. Well, I think I think the FBI are hoping um, that if the court order is adhered to by Apple, then when it comes to it again, they'll be able to say, "Well, we've done it before; we need to do it again." Yeah. And Apple are reluctant to do that because it just could become. Yeah. Um, an everyday occurrence for the FBI to say, we need this, we need this, we yeah, need once, this. Once you've done it, they, they will want it for every single case. Exactly. And, and then basically all iPhones are then unlocked. And then you get the argument from people of, well, if I've got nothing to hide, then, you know, why should I be worried about it? But that that's, you know, if Apple can do this, if they create it and it gets into the wrong hands, then everybody's vulnerable to everything. You, you're... You know, you've got your health data on your phone nowadays, you've got your uh, card details in there for Apple Pay and things like that, all your emails. It's literally your whole life is in that little bit of, you know, silicon and plastic and metal. Uh, so if some that gets into the wrong hands, then your your whole life could be affected by it. Well, the FBI aren't wanting a backdoor into it. They're not wanting them to build backdoors into the software. They're just wanting to get into it this particular time. The irony of that is that Apple yesterday came out and said that the FBI have actually changed the password on it since it's been in their possession. And if they hadn't have done that, 
then they would have been able to access it. Ah, right. So, so, so they're covering up their own mistakes with this whole thing as well. So we're all iPhone users, aren't we? So if you, if you once you get a new device, you set it up with your Apple ID and password, and then yeah. if anything goes wrong with the passcode, you can get in through that way. So that's what yeah. you're saying they've changed. So they've, they've done the self, really, haven't they? Yeah. It's, uh, and it's, there's a whole wider argument here. I don't know. Um, it, it is a subject I, I'm quite passionate about because uh, the old Edward Snowden thing, if, if you get to watch a documentary called Citizen 4, it goes into this, and Edward Snowden can say better than I can um, exactly why it is such an issue that governments and um, different agencies can access all this stuff about you. And again, it's it's... At the moment, if you're if you're uh, not doing anything wrong, you shouldn't be worried about. Well, it. exactly. I was just going to say, if you've got nothing to hide, then is but that, it, that's is fine it a for now. But what if you know if if Europe collapses and suddenly you get we get a new government come in and who isn't as uh, as structured or adheres to this, and then they decide that they are going to look at stuff and use it against you, or or if you get you know some terrorist organisation or government overseas that aren't friendly with Britain that access all Britain's citizens things I think there needs to be some kind of security that you know even government agencies can't access so are you for it or against it I'm guessing you're, <laughs> I'm guessing you're against it then I'm against it and, and I do implore everyone to watch that Citizen 4 documentary it's really good it, it's when Edward Snowden um, left America uh he essentially took all the information with him and started leaking it and they started they started the documentary filming him from that moment in the hotel room as he was leaking the stuff and then you know all the different stuff that's happening around it and how he he then started getting followed and um surveilled because he was leaking it and eventually had to uh flee to Russia um yeah it's a great documentary and as i say he can go into much better detail in that about why it's important than I can here on this show. Has that, has that just been on? Um, it was on Channel 4 recently. Oh. Uh, I, th- I think the showroom next door showed it a while ago okay. as well. Um, but yeah, search it out. It's, it's available online, I think, now. Well, let us know what you think about it. It's, uh, you know, it concerns everybody, potentially. Yeah. So... Um, Get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. Let us know what you think. And Give us your opinion. That's all the humour out of the show, hasn't it? <laughs> well, that's why I've done it now, so we can bring it back. Um, talking of that, there's another song to be played, James. Tell us about it. This is, we've played this one before, but seeing as they got nominated for the uh, the best band, our uh, best unsigned band at uh, the Exposed Awards, I thought we'd give it another play. And this is Fate, Tan and Desperation by Kong. Ah, okay, yeah, we've just been speaking about them. Indeed. Here they are. You think you're an eight or a nine You're about a six and four by side Going back to the way that you were The way you dress and the way that you Whispered Fake town and desperation She's a model for our generation Alcohol is the one that uncovers The thing that remained There 
David, and I'm right here on Sheffield Live 93.2 FM. He met a girl on Monday, took her for a drink on Tuesday, uh, and then, you know, they were doing things on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, and today he's resting as Craig David. And will be listening to this show, an avid listener. Yes, indeed. He's, he's back, isn't he? He's, uh, he's back with a vengeance, he's Craig yeah. David. Yeah. There's rumours that he's uh, seen um, Cheryl Fernandez Vicini. All right. Oh, really? Don't she, know she's sticking to that Wishing good yeah. luck. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what she's going to do now. Um, she might just go back to the original Tweedy. Yeah. Tweedy. She's, she's That's got a maiden name. Yeah. She's got a lot of names to choose from, hasn't she? Needy Tweedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or or Bruiser, as she was known in those new ca- Newcastle nightclub toilets. Yeah. Allegedly. That'll n- allegedly, thank you. That'll never get forgotten, that, will it? Um, yeah, um... I think now she just goes by the performing name of Cheryl and then All right. doesn't have to worry about the last name. Is it Cheryl or Cheryl? Cheryl. It's Cheryl. Yeah. And it looks like Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are some Cheryls who call themselves Cheryl, aren't they? I don't know any. No, I don't. Do you? No. Yeah, I've heard that before a lot. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so we, um, if we've got any channels listening, please tweet us in and uh, and, and let we, James know. Yeah, we do need to mention uh, Record Store Day that's coming up, isn't it, Mark? It is I, on uh, the 16th of April. Tell us about that. Well, I've been involved in this for the past five years or so, and it is a quite exciting time for uh, us record dealers. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a one-off weekend where you can buy some limited uh, presses, 
And a lot of them are like only a thousand pressings of all the artists that we love, from your David Bowies to your Libertines and etc. And, you know, there's a lot of planning goes into it because you've got a budget to how much you can afford to buy and also then to, to gauge and hopefully you've ordered the right stuff for the actual day. And it is a worry because, you know, you do get a few things wrong. And I made a mistake last year by um, ordering a, a, a picture disc uh, by Sleaford Mods. All right, yeah. But yeah. Called Tis Was. Yeah. But I ordered a, quite a lot. And on the day, I think I sold two. All right. Which was a right disappointment. So, so it's like that. You've got, there's a lot of spreadsheets to look at, and then you've got to say one of them, five of them, and so on going on. Is it a bit, do you end up a bit like Del Boy with a load of Shawadi Wadi LPs that you can't shift in the <laughs> well, garage? Well, like I said, I've got some Sleaford Mons if anybody wants any. <laughs> well, yeah. they're, they're quite popular. They're, they they're, doing, um, they're doing a gig soon, aren't they? Uh, or has it just passed? Uh, didn't they do the lead mill? Yeah, I think. Well, off the top of my head, I know that they've uh, they've been here, but on the uh, pulse on this show, James. Yeah, but <laughs> it's actually um, it is a band that I want to see because everybody that's ever seen them. Well, you might have just missed it. Yeah. yeah. So have you? Have you? Did you hear that track? What, what the uh, there was with um, on the left field's last album? No, I didn't. Did a hear track that. with them, and I'm, it's called. It's called. Oh, it's called. Head and Shoulders. All right. Right. Got to listen to that. It's, it's quite a good track. It's, it's a strange combination of Sleepford Mods and no, Left Field. Yeah. But, um, could say it's coming there's out. There's a couple of lines from the song, and I wish you could remember it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, one or two are a bit explicit, so I best not, you know. I think that went <laughs> over Mark's head and shoulders. You've <laughs> 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 just come out with one and you missed it. Yeah. Do you want to repeat it? Head and shoulders, I said. <laughs> I said when you said that they were, they were with left field and it was a funny uh, kind of matchup. I said, well, what's one that's come out of left field, isn't it? Fantastic! <laughs> I need to condition myself. It's not. It's not funny when you have to repeat your jokes, is it? Well, it wasn't funny anyway. Well, yeah. To be fair, to be fair. yeah, yeah. Um, um, I, my retort: you didn't get. No, I said I'm going to have to condition myself. Yeah, big scalp there. Admit yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, defeat. Let's move on. Back to record store day. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, got, it got a bit hairy that situation. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's an event that uh, you know I've done for the past five years, and it's like I say, these come on now, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we've got a guest to keep us in check. Yeah. I like it. I like this dynamic. Um, so yeah, every year I've been doing this. Uh, it's just like I say, it's, it's uh, one-off releases uh, that people will queue up for, bless uh, them, early hours of the morning to get what they want, and they're not guaranteed to get it. Um, and it's like that at every record shop, the queue for, you know, they've only ordered so many of certain particular items, and when they're gone, they're gone, and that's it. Mm. So, you know, they might not get what they want, but it's it's not just about that, though. I think the people who are queuing up uh, these record shops do enjoy the day, and now there's a few more shops in Sheffield, they can actually pot around them all. I would mm. imagine if, if, if it's a group of people that are passionate about the same thing, it, it can, you know, be a great day out. It is. To talk yeah. about. It's, you know, uh, it's, got, it's got bigger and bigger. The queues are getting bigger. Um, and also, for me, this is great, because when these guys come in my shop, they're not just buying the, these one-off releases for Record Store Day. They are buying all the second-hand stuff as the co- well. The collectors. Yeah. yeah. And so they're going around now up to Record Collector at Brummel, which has been around for 30-odd years or so, mm. and, and Vinyl Demand, etc. And there's a little one on... Um, Orchard Square upstairs, you know that where that the balcony is. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. called that's called Bear Tree. This guy, it's been it is new stuff what he sells. But now, like I say, people are uh, able to potter around all these stores, you know, including mine, which is great. So they have got now 
a selection. Whereas before, it was just in town. It was just it was just me uh, and Andy Plaxton up at uh, Vinyl Demand. But now there's more. Now, I mean, people would say that it's direct competition, but it's probably better to have more shops doing the same yeah. thing. I mean, it's like when a pub closes, people think they're all going to go to the next pub, but not necessarily. No, no. Well, the only competition that I've got personally is like... We we do sort of similar similar stuff. Uh, is is Andy up the road near where the Grosvenor Hotel used to be? Yeah. Andy Plaxton, who was a friend of mine, and he's got vinyl demand. So that is kind of competition because we're both clamouring for buying collections from the public who might want to sell their collections, sort of thing. Yeah. But it's healthy competition, and me and me and Andy get on really really well. Uh, but uh, you know, just getting back to record store day, it's a great time, and it's 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 a day that hopefully if if I plus my members of staff, we get everything right in what we're actually going to be ordering. Um, that, you know, you make more money on that day than any other day in, in the year. That's our Christmas day, if you like, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that sees me through summer financially because summer's a tough time for me. Yeah. You know, students have gone and all that. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. Do you, do you get a lot of custom from the students? So you're right next to Hallam Uni, aren't you? I'd say, well, I wouldn't survive without them. I, I would say it's probably 70%. Yeah. Really? Mm. Wow. They're getting younger as well. I'm getting, I'm getting young guys well, coming in now, 16-year-old. As we said at the beginning, it's 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 back in... It's mm. quite trendy now, isn't it? I yeah. Mean, see, the, the bands that they're probably going to see are probably releasing stuff on yeah, vinyl, yeah, so... Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- just thinking back to Christmas, loads of people I know were buying, like, the kids' vinyl record players mm. for Christmas and stuff, so it's, it is, you know, back You on could trend. say it's gone full circle. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, yeah. Just waiting for the uh, the revival of Laserdisc now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll list some other radio show, and they, they actually mentioned that. So I, I, I hope that will never happen, to be honest with you. No, it's or, or even because they, they keep on about having a cassette day, and I don't want that to happen either. Well, the reason we're still uh, bound to CDs is because I think somebody invested in the old mini disc back in 2005. Oh, dear. They? Yeah, I remember <laughs> that bit. <laughs> yeah, bit of a shame. I used to love my mini disc player. Great sound. But have you just, I don't, yeah. Why do you think it failed, James? MP3s came out at the same time. That's what I, that's what I think personally. It all went digitised. Well, no, it's like CDs are much more common, aren't they? They're much more established, uh, the traditional well, CDs. So every, I think everybody had all the music on CDs and for portable stuff as well. I think to... I mean, for the sake of ease, to move away from CD to minidisc, so having to buy a minidisc player and, you know, move mm. every... Because you, you could record onto minidiscs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because the players wasn't... They weren't cheap, were they? They weren't. Um, and, like I say iPod was out around a similar time. It was a lot easier to upload everything onto your computer, mm. plug your iPod in, and then if you got if you got a, a, a jack in your car mm. or an adapter, that was it. You're away. Yeah. I mean, you could get in, in one of my uh, first cars, only had a cassette player. You could get a jack that plugged into your iPod and put the cassette in the in the player, and then you got your iPod through the cassette. Yeah, it was yeah. great. So the the mini disc thing just became a bit of a faff because it was just so much easier to do that. Apple yeah. was so clever when they launched the iPod because no, you know, like um, at award ceremonies and stuff, the uh, the people get uh, the celebrities get gift bags. Apple made sure that there were an iPod in every one of those, and of course, the iPod um, earphones were all white. So you could see him. It, it was you'd see, you know, Robbie Williams or whoever back at the time was was big at that time, and he'd be uh, out jogging in the park and get photographed wearing Apple mm-hmm. um, iPod yeah. and stuff. So they they literally reached a mass audience in a very short space of time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, celebrities get loads of free stuff, don't they? But yeah. it's it's it pays for itself in the long run, doesn't it? 
Well, the the, um, the Oscar gift bags this year uh, that were given at some of the parties were apparently worth two hundred thousand yeah. dollars. And they had like a Rolex in them and a holiday, and like, these people already have the money. Yeah. Give, give it to the shelter down the road. Yeah, but it's free advertising. If you can give a, a celebrity a gift that they want to wear, you don't have to pay them to do yeah, it. Yeah, And every, it gets it gets it out there in the public domain. As soon as they're photographed and they go in Vogue or Cosmopolitan or whatever, mm. that's it. I, I just. I just think it's that excess. There's so many people struggling in in various walks of life at the minute in various countries. And it's like there's there's a band that I've been uh, following recently. They got back together uh, called the King Blues. Uh, they're based in London. They they're doing a tour, tour at the minute, and every gig venue they go to, they ask people to bring a tin of food with them. Uh, so people, as they enter, put the tins of food on a table. And the band actually take all the food to the local shelter. Which I think is just great, that kind of uh, social activism. And then you get some celebrities that are earning $12 million a movie getting a $200,000 gift bag at an award ceremony. It's the way of the world, unfortunately. Yep. Anyway, Indeed. next track, James, what have we got? Got a Canadian one this time. Uh, they sent us the music just as any band can if you get in touch at The Squeak on Twitter or slash a squeak on Facebook, you can send us your music. This is uh, a guy who was originally signed to kind of Arista and BMG. Uh, he hated the record that he put out because he got punched in the face just before he started recording and uh, it sounded a bit nasal apparently. But I thought, I think this is a bit Coldplay style, this uh, ocean ship and hot black. You listen to the squeak on 93.2 FM.
So that's Ocean Ship with a song called Hot Black. Um, yeah, Canadian-based, but a bit Coldplay-ish, I thought. Yeah, I, I think his voice sounded very much like it, and, yeah. and the feel of it, so yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Um, and we were just mentioning uh, off uh, behind when the record was playing there, we were talking. Why can't I get I, th- I think that's also out? known as off mic. Off mic, yeah. <laughs> that is exactly what the words I was trying to find. Um, well, um, We're talking about Record Store Day. Yeah, but Record Store Day doesn't finish in the day. It goes on into the night, Mark. Yeah, when, when we close uh, around six o'clock. Um, and, yeah, and I've done this every year. I just don't want to be sort of taking the money and run. I want to thank my regular customers, new customers, uh, so I, I, I put a gig on, three or four bands, different venue each year. I'll be announcing tomorrow uh, via Facebook and Twitter which venue it is. Uh, so now I'm looking for bands who wants to come and play for LP Record Store uh, on the evening. And as I said, I will also announce it tomorrow where it's going to be. Uh, done it every year. It's always been a success. It's enjoyable. Last year it was at the Green Room, so I'll thank them for that again because it was really successful. So any bands who want to come perform... Get in touch via Facebook or Twitter uh, and send me any links to uh, SoundCloud, And what, what are they looking for on Facebook? Is it just called Record Store Day? Yeah. The post, went up, the yeah. Po- the post went up yesterday. Okay, cool. So okay. if you just go onto the LP Record Store uh, page... Yeah, or, if, or if you're searching for you, you particularly, it's LP Record Store, isn't it? Search yeah. For you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's it. So, you know, any bands who want to play on the day, uh, I'm, I'm sure we're all going to be inundated and... Uh, we'll, we'll try and select the, the right ones. Yeah. Not that there's any wrong ones, but, you know, you, you can only choose four. Yeah. But you, you're open to any kind of styles and genres and... I am. Yeah. But I'll, I'll, and I'll be honest now, and, you know, I don't want to offend anybody, but what I don't want is any kind of an acoustic thing going on because... And no, I know this sounds selfish, but it just bores me to tears. Do you know, um, <laughs> we, yeah, we've had a lot of honesty on the show about we, acoustic. We have. See, my uh, a good friend of mine plays acoustic. And oh. We had him. We had him in live. Right. Uh, He's very good at it. To be fair, he is very good. But you either like it or you don't, don't you? True. And that's the thing. That's so, the you thing. Know, I mean, I've, I'm a good friends with uh, we both know, don't we? Ryan Young. Yes. Yeah. Um, I know, and I like Ryan. I like some of his music, but you know, and I've, I, I've, I would never criticise any of Ryan's music. But me personally, yeah, I can't yeah. sit and watch an acoustic artist for an hour or an hour and a half, it just doesn't do it for me. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I said at the start of the show, you know, people think it's boring. Mm. Um, and it is for some people, but you can, I think you can appreciate the talent without the style of music. Yeah. We've, we've had it before, we've been to gigs and think, we're mm, not a big fan of these, but you can see that well, they're musicians. you know, what I have done, you know, I've, I've seen certain artists who's in a band who's gone out and done an acoustic set on their own. You know, I'll give you an example, Mid-Year from Ultravox. Yeah, indeed, yeah. Uh, and I saw him at, uh, what do you call that venue in Chesterfield, James? I always forget the name of it. Uh, um, it's gone it, from my head. Is it something Wheel or? Oh, I don't know. Oh. Is it? Maybe anybody can tweet that. I was anyway. I've got the parish coming to my head, but no, that's in not Huddersfield. That. It's <laughs> not that. It will come to me, I think. Probably tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, but I saw a major player there. And <laughs> you don't mean the uh, winding wheel? Yes, I said wheel, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. Um, saw a major player there and um, hearing major doing Vienna yes, on an yeah. acoustic guitar was quite quite strange, actually, but it, it worked. Yeah. But, and this is all for what I'm going to say, but any sort of up-and-coming artists, unless they've, got, unless they've got really, really cracking songs with great hook lines, I get bored after 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're honest on the show, yeah, aren't we? I think we discussed that before, as, aren't we? Yeah, as long um, as you're constructive, I think, yeah. I think we're, we're all for honesty. Yeah. 
but oh. yeah, as long as you can you know appreciate the, the the talent, you don't necessarily have to like it. So, um, yeah. acoustic artists are barred from your uh, from your gig. I want to bar. They're more than welcome to come and see some bands yeah. that's playing there. <laughs> come and have a drink, <laughs> but uh, don't you can't bring play. Your, <laughs> don't bring your guitar. <laughs> lovely, yeah, lovely. Uh, okay, so yeah, please if you uh, if you want to if you want to get involved with that LP. Uh, LP record store. store yeah just just give us a shout Facebook, Twitter send me any links mm-hmm. via SoundCloud um, the event is Saturday the 16th of April and again I'll say that we'll announce the venue oh, tomorrow well. afternoon that is three solid weeks of excellent music in Sheffield indeed there's, there's the Leadmill gig on the 2nd there's uh, No Hot Ashes at the Washington on the 9th um, and then your gig on the 16th, so, yeah. uh, also in a Sheffield venue. Yeah. Carl Maloney is listening. He's just tweeted in to say it's the winding wheel. Thank you, Carl. Oh, thank you, Carl. But you're, Cheers, uh, Carl. You're a bit late, but... Yeah, I'd already got it. <laughs> but thanks for tweeting in, though. We were worried about you because we, we haven't had a tweet from you. But we have now. Yeah, we've not seen any of your pies this week. <laughs> yeah, what's happened to the pies? I want a sweet pie, not a savoury pie. He made a pie last week, Mark. Wonderful. Right. What was in it? Potato, onion, and something else. Vegetarian. It was, it was all cheese. His missus is a vegetarian. Potato, I can do with an onion. See, if you're having potato, there's got to be meat in it. Meat yeah. and potato pie. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, I went down to the market. This is crazy, this. You know the more market. I do indeed. Uh, I went down um, one day last week, and I got to, I used the, the same greasy spoon there, because there's, there's two or three to choose from. Yeah. But I used the same one. Uh, and so I'm stood there. And there were a bit of a queue going on, and while this queue were going on, I happened to look what they, you know, they got to available. They had all these different specials going on, and it's like it's probably quarter past nine in the morning when I'm there, and this meat and potato pie was eyeing me up like you know homemade, <laughs> and it was eyeing me up, almost winking at me. Yeah. So I thought, sounds a bit dodgy, Mark. Yeah, well, it's, it, it worked. Listen, what, so, you've never had a pie wink at you before, I, Luke. I, yeah. <laughs> My, no, not when I was sober. Maybe a different kind of pie, I think. Or an eye. Or an eye. Or, or an, an onion. An eye. <laughs> <laughs> right? But uh, so anyway, I'm in this queue, and there's all these guys there from the building site where they're building this this cinema and what have you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I decided in my own head that I was going to have this meat and potato pie, but I was almost embarrassed to to ask for it, in fear that they'd look at me gone out like, you can't have pie in the morning at quarter past nine. So I did. I said, oh, can I have a, the special, please, uh, meat and potato pie and c- cabbage mm. and whatever else that goes with it, and then uh, a nice milky coffee. I'd, and then the, all these big that. builders looked behind me, they looked at me, and they all, they all went, almost in unison, not all five of them, but at least two said. <laughs> Where's that from? No, because it was, it was from the same place. I'm not oh. whether I can mention the actual name of the business. Go for it. It's Go called it. Carter's in the corner as you walk in yeah. where the greasy spoons is. I always use Carter's. They're great. So when I actually said, oh, can I have this meat and potato pie? These builders looked around and they just looked at me, right? Quite menacing, really. But they just went, good call. You know. <laughs> and so I'm sat there eating me meat and potato pie with gravy and we're out there all having the breakfast and it was wonderful. I'll tell you what, the Moore Market, the food place in there in the corner... Or, or it's like lots of different yeah. shacky hut food mm. places, isn't it? It's really good. There's, it there's a real variety, well, you know and that, it's all you, very nice. You know that they've just, obviously, the, the fish and chip uh, bar that was on Charles Street. Yes, yeah. Uh, I forget what they call it now, unfortunately. Anyway, so I used to go there with my mum, and we used to really enjoy nice, nice fish and chips, uh, fish shipped over from Whitby. 
yeah. what have you. And uh, it's moved out. They've, they've moved from that area because I think they are, they're going to knock most of that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they've moved into the more market. I've, oh, not, right. I've not, I've not had anything from there as yet, but I will. Yeah, it's, uh, it's worth going in there. It's cheap. Uh, every every place you go to there is is is, is good. Very yeah, reasonably priced. Yeah. And they have beer central in there as well. Oh right, well oh, that little place. Yeah, as you walk in, all all the different beers and on the right hand yeah. side. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you know when great. the moor is finished. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be absolutely transformed. Well, can't great. wait. And you know, I can't wait either because at the moment it, it doesn't look great, does it? No, it doesn't. But no. you know, it will get there. Well, in the there. stages, there's obviously the old what used to be Scottish widows are doing the moor, and then. The council are looking to do beyond the moor into back up to Barker's Pool, aren't they? And do yeah. that little quarter as well. If you remember, they, they also had the um, they had plans for uh, division in Devonshire Street, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, they were all petitioning to save those buildings. Um, but it was before that, way before yeah. that. They were oh. having, yeah. a, having a bit of a dome straight over it, sort of thing. All, oh, all right. Of it, so. yeah. And I thought, well, I didn't want that myself. But That, that doesn't yeah. need touching that street, I don't, it think. Doesn't, I don't it think. It doesn't. It does. You know, it's, it's sad because what they're saying is, is regarding the buildings on the on the right hand side going up, where Rare and Race is, and, and another great record shop, jazz shop, and books, um, they're saying that the, the, the standards of the buildings aren't great and they, they're going to knock yeah. them down before they fall down or what's that effect which I'm sure they're not as bad as that yeah, but you know it's, it's all down to money they want yeah, to build something bigger there's a developer better. wanting yeah, to yeah. build build upwards isn't so it so you're going to you're going to lose I can't remember all of the shops in there but you're definitely going to lose the lights in the green room yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of vintage shops yeah vintage shops rare and race eh? uh, and it's, it's it's sad it's really really sad and I'll tell you what going back when I was at Cambridge Street between 95 and year 2000 um, and it was a great I was, that's where me and Rocky are as we were neighbours in the same, oh, right, that yeah. same old building that you go upstairs to and yeah. uh, so we all got bombed out but I was the last to leave in 2000 uh, and the reason why we all got bombed out is because uh, a company called UK States based in London they wanted to redevelop it because you've got like a little courtyard up back called Lewis yeah. Yard and so on going on with all these little messes things and they were going to develop it into like boutiques and etc and cafes that was in 2000, yeah, right? It's they've just empty, hasn't it? No, they've just they started work just before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. but Leah's Yard, they're, they're keeping in the new plans, aren't they? And um, having that as a little bit of a focal point, yeah, I believe it's just, it's just, just took a long time to really. Yeah. And it's, it seems to be the way in Sheffield that things don't get done quick enough. No. So is the way, isn't it? No. Even at well, the more market, yeah, yeah, yeah indeed. Well, um, just talking about um, developing things, um, have you got a garden, Mark? <laughs> I have. Um, have you got an 18 foot penis in your garden? Not when I left. Well, oh, I wasn't expecting that word to come out. Oh, well, earlier I was going to use something a little bit stronger than that, but you just said 18. In, I've seen that, but it's not in my garden. Just I'd be proud of that. Just for the benefit. <laughs> Luke, Luke is showing a picture, by the way. Just for the benefit of the listeners, yeah. Um, this is um, the headline here is Dicking Around. Um, a tree surgeon has uh, spent three years uh, building a penis tree. He's okay. um, let his hedge, um, it, this is in the garden now, uh, grow 18 foot and then he's sort of carved it's a penis up. out of it. It's quite impressive. Yeah. That, that is quite impressive. It's, yeah. it's, it's quite um, detailed. Mm. Do you think um, he'll branch out and do more of these? <laughs> oh, leaf it. <laughs> Leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think Leaf he'll. I think he'll stick to his rules, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, 
Um, yeah, Chris Bishop, the architect, uh, uh, as he's uh, referred to here, um, is essentially um, built a, a penis out of his hedge. Um, he said it's, it's you know, people have took it in good spirit, but one neighbour has said, you know, um, remarks are always being made by people coming past, and, and well, a lot of the people on the street are pretty upset about it. So obviously, it's, it must have took him some time. It must be difficult to erect something like I that. <laughs> Oh yeah, I was just going to use that one. I couldn't think of anything. Yeah, it must have taken a while for I it to grow. It. <laughs> I mean, what do you think? Do you think it's? Uh, I mean, if, if if you if you had a neighbour that had that in your garden, would you be upset or would no, you think it was quite a funny. no? I'd, I, I'd I, see I, the funny I think story. it's funny, uh, but I would imagine you're going to get uh, a lot of people visiting that area just for this penis tree. I think, you know. Yeah, I think it definitely needs pulling back. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but yeah. it, you know, especially... Uh, <laughs> oh, my lord. <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine it? Right. No, be serious. Come on. Can you imagine this? When it gets to... We're all right when it's sort of uh, spring and summer. But can you imagine this when it gets to autumn? And winter. It's going to go on the slack, isn't it? Well, when it starts snowing, it's going to look very strange. Yeah. Shriveled up. So, do, are you aware if does this penis have uh, any testicles around the root? Um, I, c- uh, I can't see for the ladder. You obviously had to use a ladder to, to yeah, shape the top. Um, <laughs> I hope he wore a helmet. <laughs> I can't. I can't see any any balls at the bottom, uh, it, Mark. It does bring whole new meaning to uh, trimming the bush, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Do you think we should move on from this? <laughs> I'm just trying to think of any more puns. So are we in favour of it, or, or do we think it's... I think it's, it's great. Um, it's fun. It's a bit of fun, isn't it? Yeah. You know, people can come down and have a look at the a cock at the end of the street. Lovely. There's so many nimbies, aren't there, that, that would take offence to something oh, like that. You, know, but you can imagine all these old, old women and old men. Oh, look at that. What do you call that guy who was in Coronation Street in the oh. shop? Uh, Roy Cropper. Not Roy Cropper. Oh, um, oh uh, Norris. Norris. Norris, Norris Doris. You know, you'd, be, you'd get lots of Norris and Dorises knocking about, wouldn't you? Complaining. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's fun. It's a bit of fun. Will he take it down? Who knows? <laughs> okay, let's move on. What's the next uh, What's the next song, James? Well, <laughs> I don't know how we can follow that, but... <laughs> <laughs> what, have you got... What about that band, Cox Barra? Play them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've got lined up uh, everyone's favourite gooses. Oh, absolutely fantastic! <laughs> it's uh, no hot ashes. Yeah, and uh, I do believe it's uh, skank, skank, the uh, the B side to goose. You're listening to the Squeaker ninety three point two FM. If you've got any phallic puns, do we tweet us in?
better I feel better Maybe if I wake up in the morning It's said to feel better I feel better I feel better No hot ashes uh, and a skank makes you feel better. They're obviously playing and he's listening right now. Carl Maloney presents. Yes. On the 9th of April, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and they're so good it's enough to bring a tear to your eye. It is. <laughs> so, yes, get yourself down to the Washington on the 9th of April for no hot ashes. Yeah, and do I would I, I love them. I think they're brilliant. And really again, if you mention the squeak to Carl, he will give you a free drink. Absolutely. Find find out Carl Maloney. Uh, just ask around if you don't know who he is. You, you'll see him anyway. But yeah, just uh, go and say uh, the glads from the squeaker sent us for our free drink, and he will buy you one. Absolutely. Yeah, nobody took I him up on that. Ten minutes asking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, last time he was also offering taxis home and everything, so oh, yeah. it wasn't really. No? <laughs> no, we made it up. Um, but, uh, Carl, if, if you want to meet us for a drink after the show, um, you're more than welcome. Yeah. Do you around? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you d- you have seen him then? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Me and old Carl, we go back years. Oh, well, that's horrible, James. Yeah. Sorry, um, sorry Carl. Yeah. He's, he's a lovable, fantastic, funny guy. He is, and I still can't call him Carl. It's Carl Maloney. Yeah. I have to full name him. Don't know why. Anyway, got an into it, maybe. yeah. Um, do you watch the? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Wait, oh dear! That took a second. <laughs> took a second. <laughs> Mark's completely amused himself. Oh, oh dear me! What were you gonna say? I was just gonna say. Do you ever watch? Um, you're a music. <laughs> you're a music man. Um, do you ever watch uh, any any X Factor related music shows like that? No, okay. I don't watch TV. Oh, really. well. Unless, um, unless Rachel, my wife, suggests something. Uh, I don't. 
Well, uh, I've seen them in passing when I've been getting ready and stuff. Well, this year, uh, Radio Met X Factor, Nick Grimshaw joined the judging panel. It said uh, he's not going to uh, he's not going to do it again next year. Um, they were supposed to be giving it a rest, but um, I think they're going to do it again this year, James. Well, it's not been confirmed that they are, and I think all this kind of PR push that they're doing because um, what's her name has also left, hasn't she? Is it Caroline Flack or whoever it was that was hosting it? Yeah, Caroline Flack. Yeah, yeah I think. Um, yeah, doing all they're doing all this PR to try and get it recommissioned. I think. Okay. Um, but the the yeah, the thing is because I believe the contract with ITV is up this year, uh, and so the the big rumours certainly at the end of last year was that Sky were going to buy it and put it on Sky One, uh, and ITV have, have bought the voice, haven't they? So are they? Yeah. Right. Not that I'm a fan of you any know. of them. To be. Do you <laughs> know? <laughs> I mean, I've always said I didn't enjoy The Voice, but I watched it last night, and I quite enjoyed it. Who's right. on the panel now, then? So it's uh, Will I Am of uh, Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. Um, it's Paloma, Paloma Faith. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I thought she's a bit bright. Mm. Um, Boy George. Boy George. Right. And Ricky, Ricky Wilson. Wilson of oh, yeah, I'm yeah, thinking now, because my mother... Hello, Mum. Iris McLean. Hi, Mum. Uh, my mum was uh, listening to it, watching it last night, and she mentioned that Will I Am. She's always a daft bugger, isn't he? Well, he is. He, he says a lot of strange things, but um, he's 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 just funny. He's just one of them naturally funny yeah. people. I think he, he, he's, he he's makes, a real character. Well, just, just because I don't watch TV that much at all, I don't know uh, um, what happened to Tom Jones and what, what happened there. Basically, they, he, he reached the end of his contract. They didn't renew it and replaced him with Boy George, yeah. but they didn't. Give him any indication from what we understand that yeah. they were going to because obviously the BBC keep the us day, in the loop. They? Yeah. Really? they more or less yeah. told him and on the day they were going to announce Boy they, George. They but phoned him up, said we're not going to have you this for the next series, and then an hour later released that Boy George well, was that's on rubbish. I mean, somebody else. But the thing with Tom Jones, he's got an album out and he's doing a tour, so he'd yeah. put, he'd, you know, he'd worked around doing the voice, mm. uh, and then all of a sudden. He's yeah, not. He's not allocated for that put time. Put schedule so. together already. Yeah, it's 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 a bit bad, really. Yeah, and it's Tom Jones. It's not. I'll, yeah, I'm a big fan of Tom Jones. I have to say. Indeed. Um, so it's a bit of a bit of a shame, but uh, but no, I, I I think it was. I enjoyed it last night. So it'll be interesting to see if they if they follow along to ITV. All of them yeah. um, probably get pay rises if they do. DJ Ski's walked in. Good afternoon, DJ Ski, uh, and and he hasn't brought any Jamaican food. Oh, oh no, he's forgotten. The, she's done him. Oh, yeah. she. She did. Oh, oh damn, damn. It's all right. We can, we can, uh, they'll save for next time. And if I can just describe the scene, uh, <laughs> DJ Ski stood head in hands, visibly gutted. <laughs> I don't know why. You're as gutted as we are. I was going to say, you're going to get to eat them later. We, we were only joking about it. Oh, no, bless. Well, I wasn't. She's done a full batch of Jamaican patties. Oh. I'm not going to be here next week, so I'm going to miss out on this. Well, we've missed out anyway. Rick, will, oh, they keep, will, will, they, will they keep? Will they keep a week? No. Oh, oh. Oh, Stick them in the freezer. We'll, we'll have them next time. I'll put them in the freezer. Oh, oh lovely. DJ Ski's a star, and and your your lovely other half who offered to do this. Star. She she is the real star. Bless her. Well, we've got that to look forward to next week. Uh, sorry, Mark. Uh, you're not getting on. <laughs> my shop's only around the corner maybe I should oh we could drop him in then yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll, let James, I'll let James uh, stuff it with the letterbox I'm not there <laughs> uh, so Mark have you enjoyed being on the show it's been great really enjoyed it it's yeah. been fun you we've been talking about the big penis the, the bi- <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're not going to get away from this are we this is going to be the 
the whole. <laughs> everybody's going to mention this penis tree. Yeah, it's 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 been an eye opening experience. It's, it's, yeah, I'd <laughs> D- say I'd DJ say, Ski's even looking at us confused yeah, right it's, now. It's, it's penis tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, this bloke's uh, this bloke's erected a, a big eighteen foot penis tree in his garden, so. You know. So we've been talking about that, and uh, it's going to be a big story, isn't it? Yeah. From now on. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not when it's cold, though. It's going to be quite a small story. Oh, you, wait till, yeah. you, you wait till autumn and winter, and it's when it, when it shrivels up. It goes on the slide. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, uh, it's been a pleasure having you in, Mark. We've had a, we've had a great laugh. And um, just a reminder, Record Store Day is on the 16th of April. Yeah, the big opening. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, always great. So come down and support the shop, and uh, also the evening event uh, is on. It'll be about eight o'clock, and I will announce tomorrow again. I'm saying this yeah. where the venue is going to be, and yeah. we will let you know next week as well. We'll be Indeed. back at the normal time of two o'clock between two and three. Yeah. Um, again, if you know any vans, please get in touch via Twitter, Facebook uh, at the Squeak, Facebook.com/slash/theSqueak. <laughs> that's just that's the Squeak. Uh, Rob's chucking stuff about. Uh, DJ Ski is, is better known. He's up at three o'clock with Platinum Plates. Yeah. Um, what are you doing through the week, then, Mark? Anything? Uh, anything nice apart from sealing the deal on the venue? Uh, just back in the store, uh, dealing with customers, listing online, and uh, it's not really like work. It's it's really enjoyable. It's a hobby. That's it's good. a hobby. It's a passion, that's and you get paid for that's it. That's great. And that's it. I think. It's yeah, been a good show. Yeah, Thanks if you've missed listening. us, look out for the podcast in the next couple of days. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.